right. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Yeah. Good. Thank you for being nice and loud for me. That's right. Um, well, we are so glad that you showed up. <laughs> and uh, wasn't sure what the weather was going to do last night. But um, we're thankful for our team and for all of us for making it happen today. And um, thank you for being here. Got a lot of you on Facebook Live. I'm waving at you. You're looking in. And uh, we've got a good crowd of people here. You made it out today. Thank you for being here. Some of you, you might be a first time with us. We are so glad you came today, and thank you for coming and uh, worshiping with us here at Lake Point. And as you came in, you should have received a program. Inside the program, it's a connection card. Take a minute, fill that out. And at the end of our service, uh, Pastor Tom will come up here and do the offering, and he'll invite you to turn that card in the offering basket as it comes by your way. And so thank you for being here today. I've got a question for you as we start off our message. We're in a series called Overwhelmed. And here's the question for you. How many of you right now, you about had it with the weather? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you, man, I'm, you're good and angry. I mean, let's get it out of our system right now because we're going to talk about anger today, right? All right. I man, I'm honest, and I had it. I am done with it. And um, I, I got, I think, I'm, I'm praying that this is it. All right. But, you know, I thought it can be it a couple weeks ago, but I'm praying for real, that this is it, and um, I see on the horizon, temperatures start to climb up a little bit, and I'm praying that happens. And so, and I, I pray that anger of, uh, you know, that this weather will be done. But yeah, anger, overwhelmed with anger. And for some of you this morning, that's a reality. What makes you angry? What makes you angry? I want to look at Proverbs. 27 this morning as we open up in verse number 3 and 4 the Bible says stone is heavy and sand a burden but a fool's provocation is heavier than both and then verse 4 he said anger is cruel and fury overwhelming but who can stand before jealousy. What makes you angry? Maybe it's when someone cuts you off in traffic. Maybe it's, it's rude people, arrogant people who think they know all the answers. Maybe it's your spouse that makes you angry. He always leaves his underwear on the floor. Or she squeezes the toothpaste, the toothpaste in the middle and not from the bottom up. All right? What makes you angry? Could be your boss, the people you work with, little things, maybe big things. Perhaps poverty makes you angry. Maybe the fact that you know that there are children who go to bed hungry every day without a meal. Maybe that fact. That alone right there makes you angry. Child abuse makes you angry. What makes you angry? In the Bible, there are 15 different verses that have both the word anger and fire in the same verse. In reality, anger is many times like fire. 
Now, fire, will you all agree with me that fire can be good? I mean, we need fire to stay warm. We need fire to cook with. But on the other hand, fire can also be bad, right? It can burn things down. It can destroy things. Fire, and just like fire, anger can be good or bad. It's how we deal with that anger and how it gets the best of us is when it could become a problem. And so I want to look here in, verse, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 26. The Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Now automatically right here, it gives us the idea that anger cannot, anger can be a good thing if not misused. We could call this righteous anger. And that's when we get angry at something that angers the heart of God. And then we do something about it. Rightful anger, righteous anger, sometimes leads into passion. It fires us up to change the world. In 1980, a woman named Candy Leitner her 13-year-old daughter was walking to a carnival in town, and she was hit and killed by a drunk driver. And in her grief came anger, and she had the right to be angry. I mean, she was angry, but she decided to do something about it, and Kenny Leitner in 1980 out in California started MAD, M-A-D-D, Mother Against Drunk Driving. There's that kind of anger, the anger that, man, I want to do something about it. I want to change the world. I want to fix it. It angers the heart of God, therefore it should anger me. But then there's the wrong kind of anger, the sinful anger, as we'll talk about for the most of our sermon today. And that's when we just get angry at something that doesn't really matter. Or perhaps it does matter but it leads us to do the wrong thing, sometimes outside the will and the heart of who God is. So the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry. Now, let's hold here for a minute. I used to think this, this verse right here only applied to marriage. All right? This is a great verse. Don't go to bed mad at your spouse, because if you do, you wake up mad. I, I remember Karen and I, we were newlyweds, and man, we, we had, you know, a big argument. We were both mad, you know, and I had my side of the bed, and she had her side of the bed, and, you know, if her toe crossed my line, I said, uh-uh, no toe tonight, you know, you keep that toe on that side of the bed. We're mad, all right, and then we woke up mad, you know, and then we went to work mad, and I went to the church office mad. I mean, I'm just mad, and I, I finally said, you know what, I can't be mad no more. This is killing me. This is, this is not helping. And so I, had to, I went and hunt down Karen, and Karen was working at the church daycare at the time, so I walked down to the other end of the building and uh, pop in, and I said, Karen, I need to talk to you. You know, I am so sorry about last night. It was so stupid. It was so dumb, and, of course, we, we, we said we agreed that we would never, ever go to bed mad. 
All right, we will never go to Petmat again. And, and, and so far, we've done a pretty good job with that. And, and, and a lot of times, that's a great verse. But here's the reality. At this verse, it's much more than for the married people. I mean, while Carrie and I may not go to bed mad, we could still be mad at somebody else. Bible said, don't let the sun go down upon your anger. Don't go to bed angry. This verse applies to all relationships in our lives. And so we're to deal with it. Know why? Verse 27. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, the word foothold in the Greek is the word tapa. We get the word topography. It's the description on the map, you know, the elevations and, and the depth and the heights. And, and that's topography. And we get the word topography from this word, foothold. It literally means several things. It means opportunity. It means a location. It means a place. More specifically, a room. And so we can read it first again. It said, do not give the devil an opportunity. Do not give the devil real estate in your heart. Do not give the devil a guest room. My question for you this morning is, are you giving the devil a guest room in your heart? Are you allowing the prince of darkness, are you allowing space into your lives, space into your heart for him to dwell on? We allow that. We allow him through the open door of anger to live inside of your heart. And we see all the kind of illustrations in the Bible. We see people all the time with anger, specifically the first two brothers, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, they were both bringing their offerings to the Lord. And Abel's offering was accepted by the Lord, where Cain's offering wasn't, and, and Cain was jealous. He was angry, so angry at Abel that he wanted to do something about it. And he allowed through his open door of anger for the devil to come in. And, and God approached him in Genesis chapter 4, verse number 6. He said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Then he said, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you but you must rule over it. Through the open door of anger, sin entered into Cain's heart. And if you know the story, he ended up killing his brother Abel. All over sinful anger. And so some of you in this room this morning, you're easily angered. People just make you crazy. You're hyperly, hyperly critical of others. People at your work are always, always getting under your skin. The boss is always getting under your skin. Your spouse is always doing something that just drives you nuts. Some of you may be angry at the world. Some of you may be angry at society. 
There may be some of you here this morning, you may be angry at God. You say, now God, if I were you, I would have done things differently. And you got your Jesus smile on this morning, but deep below, deep below the surface, you're simmering. You're mad. It's boiling up. It's like water. It's just simmering. It hasn't boiled, boiled yet, but it's getting there. You're almost there. So how do we deal with sinful anger? Well, I've got six things here I want to talk about. And I pray that today we can help you in different ways. and give you a lot of practical ideas here. I pray that the Bible will speak to you in different ways. I pray that there will be some practical things here that you'll write on the side of your handout notes and say, you know what, that's a good thought, that's a good idea, and write it down. But I want to help you this morning with anger. And the first thing is this. We need to identify your type of anger, your sinful anger. Identify your type. There are two types we're going to look at this morning. First type is the powder keg. Powder keg anger. I also call it the Incredible Hulk anger. You know, I mean, he just starts ripping off his shirt, right? And, and he gets mad really fast. It blows up. If you have this kind of anger, you've got a short fuse. You've got a hot temper. When you get angry, everyone around you knows about it. In fact, your reputation of being a hothead it's so known in your office or in your home or in your family that people walk around you on thin ice, on tippy toes, because they don't want to, they don't want to see you blow up. They don't want to say anything that will cause you to blow powder keg. And let me say this. The Bible says that if that's you, if you are a powder keg type person and you blow up, all the time, the Bible says that you are a fool. You're a fool. You say, you calling me a fool? You calling me a fool? I say, that's right. That's right. You want to, come on. <laughs> you want to get it right now? That's right. I'm not calling you a fool. The Bible's calling you a fool. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 11, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. I think about people in our generation, famous people. Think about sports people. In baseball, I remember growing up. How many of you remember Kirk Gibson? Oh, yeah. I mean, how many bats did he break? Right. I'm saying, man, that, that, that guy's a monster. I tried to do that one time, and I almost broke my leg. In tennis, John McEnroe, I mean, I mean, remember seeing John McEnroe? I mean, they'll get mad. I mean, he just blows it, gets angry and nuts. I think about college basketball. I, can, I can't think of, I mean, there's a bunch of them, but Bobby Knight, Indiana, University of Indiana, you know, uh, Hoosier. And uh, he was known for just his hot temper throwing a chair at a bad call if he disagreed with the ref. He would throw the chairs on the basketball court. If the players didn't do something the way he does, he, I mean, he's in his face. In fact, he was fired because 
he was, he was so mad that he grabbed one of his players' throats and he lost his legacy of one of the greatest Indiana basketball coaches ever. His name is not marked with greatness, but change. And we can go on and on and on. I think of Billy Martin. Billy Martin was a Hall of Fame baseball player for the, for the New York Yankees. Played baseball and played second base, and then he became a manager for the Yankees. And he and George Steinbrenner, the owner, kept clashing. Five times, Billy Martin was fired. And they would hire him back. And then he would, and he and George, you know, they'd get after each other, and then he got fired again. Five times as a Yankee coach, he was fired. They said that he was just a hothead. That him, if someone wanted to have a fight, they may be just, you know, just talking, big talk. He'd be like, no, if you're going to talk, let's go outside and let's have that fight. I mean, he was for real. For real. Billy Martin. Um, do I have time for a story with Billy Martin? I don't. But we're going to keep moving on. Some of you say, man, Scott, I have, a little, I have a little Irish inside of me. This is who I am. I have a little Italian in me. That's who I am, man. I have to just blow. It's a part of my nature. It's who I am. But I'm here to say this. You can blow as a powder cat. You can go that route. But understand that there'll be wounded people all around you when you do. People will be hurt. Foolish to give full vent to sinful anger. Proverbs 14, 17 says a quick-tempered person does foolish things. Let me say that some of you right now, your anger problem, your anger issue, your anger problem is destroying, it's ruining your most important relationships. Only the fool doesn't bring this under the power and control of God. So that's the powder tip. That's the first type. Here's the second type. I call it the crack pot type anger. Crack pot. They simmer, they stew over a period of time. Instead of expressing it like the powder keg, they suppress it. They keep it under wrap. They hold it in. David in the Old Testament often did this. Psalm 33, verse 3 says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. It's bottled up inside me. We get upset rather than talking it out in a healthy way. We hold it in. Now, you might look a bit self-controlled, but on the inside, on the inside, you're a mess. Something smoldering. It's about to explode at any moment. It's really, by the way, this is the opposite of love. You see, love keeps no records of wrong. Love compels you to have the conversation when you're upset. But when you bottle it, when you hold on to it, you're keeping a long list of offenses. And, bottle, and at some point, you had it up to here. And then you start to release a history of everything that your husband or your wife or your boss or your friend 
has ever done to you, and they're, they're just blown away. So really, you've, hold that, you've been holding on to that for the past year, five years, ten years, your life? You've been miserable this whole time trying to keep it in. They stew on it. You see the sin of stewing on sinful anger destroy so many marriages. They get upset over small things, and sometimes they, it, it, they just leave it alone, and it gets worse and worse, and they leave it alone. Before you know it, they blow up, and it's over. Giving the devil a death room in your life. When you have that crap pot, crap pot type anger, you're allowing the devil to live in. And you're having all kinds of negative thoughts going on in your mind when you have this type of anger. In Luke chapter 15, verse 28, it's, by the way, it's a story of the two brothers. The prodigal son, you know him. You know, he goes to his dad and says, Dad, I want all my money. I want everything, my inheritance. And he goes off and spends it all. He wasted it. He, he's dirt poor. He realized, I'm going to go home to my dad's house and maybe just work for him as a servant because I've lost the right to be his son. And so he comes back home, and the dad was so moved, so excited, so full of compassion that he brought him back into the family. He was so excited that he said to his servant, the dad said to his servant, let's, let's have a party. Let's have a barbecue. And they went and killed out, they went and found a fatted cow and had the best barbecue of their life. Meanwhile, the older brother, He's sitting outside. He's, he's hearing that there's some type of party. He said, what's going on? He said, oh, you've not heard? Your lost brother has come home. And your dad is so excited that he came home, that he's welcomed him back and thrown him the party of a century right here. And the older brother was upset. Bible says in Luke chapter 15 and verse 28. Do we have that verse up here? The older brother became angry and refused to go in. He, he allowed it to build up inside of him. And we don't know how the story ends. The, the, the story that Jesus told stops right here. The father comes out to his, his older brother and says, why don't you come in? Why don't you come in and plead for his older son to come into the party? And we don't know if he did or not. But we do know that he had anger. And the key is this. We have to be honest to identify the type of anger we have. What kind of anger do you have? Do you have the crop pot type anger? Do you have a short fuse? Or are you the type that have the crop pot type anger? It's beneath the surface, and it's slow, and it's building up. And before you know it, it's going to blow eventually. What type of anger do you have? Here's number two. You need to understand why you get angry. You need to understand why you get angry. The better you understand yourself, the better that you'll be able to control your anger. You see, anger is simply a warning light to the real problem. That's what anger is. Anger is an emotion that comes out as a result of a deeper lying issue. 
For example, it could be pain. It could be as simple as you're hammering, and then you miss the nail, and you hit your thumb, and you get mad, right? And your pain, and because of that pain, there's anger, right? It, it could be emotional pain, betrayal. You've been hurt emotionally by somebody. And out of that, pain is angry, your anger. Sometimes the issue could be frustration. Frustration. We oftentimes get angry when nothing seems to work like the way it's supposed to work. We get angry when it's supposed to be spring, but we still have winter, right? Anger. We don't let our, we, sometimes we get angry because we don't get our way or we're forced to wait in the waiting room. We have an appointment with the doctor at 1 o'clock. You're still in the waiting room at 1.30. They get, oh, frustration. And I have frustration sometimes. Anger comes out. Other, other times it's insecurity. We're angry because we feel threatened. We feel like an animal being backed into a corner. Perhaps someone embarrassed you publicly. Maybe they embarrassed you. Maybe your boss embarrassed you in front of your coworkers. Or maybe perhaps you were criticized or made fun of. So what's causing your anger? Before you can beat anger, you've got to know where it's coming from. Why are you angry? Where, where's the result? What is going on with your anger? What is underneath the surface with the anger emotion? Number three, look to God, not others, for your self-worth. Look to God and not others for your self-worth. So important. See, a, a sense of self-worth is essential necessary to control an anger. The insecure people are easily angered. Easily angered. Confident people, they're not. When you have a sense of self-worth, you can handle hurt, the pain, you can handle frustration, you can handle insecurity, a whole lot easier. Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse number 21, it says in the first part of the verse, do not pay attention to every word people say. And see, the more insecure that we are, the more we depend on the opinions of others to feel good about ourselves. We rely on what people think about us. If you're insecure and someone says something bad about you, anger will follow because your self-worth is dependent upon the approval of others. If you want to overcome anger, you can't get uptight when people criticize you. You can't get uptight when you have a disagreement. You can't get uptight. How do you get this kind of self-confidence? How do you have the confidence that God wants you to have? The Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 26, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. You're secured. To overcome anger, believe 
what God says about you. If you want to overcome anger, believe what God says about you. See yourself the way God sees you and not what people sees you. Who cares what people think? Only matter what God thinks about you. Don't allow criticism to mess you up. And when you realize that you have this self-worth in God, you won't blow up when someone criticizes you. Our family watched a great movie yesterday afternoon. We had a little family movie, uh, you know, wet day, so we had a little movie time. We watched the movie Wonder. How many of you have seen that movie, Wonder? Great movie. You should watch it. You know, a little boy um, who went to middle school and uh, went to school for, for the first time, public school, was homeschooled, and it was deformed. And he, he would walk in, and, of course, all the kids started looking at him very strangely and awkwardly, and, and it was such a hard thing for him to get through. But eventually, he, he began to realize that his self-worth is much bigger than what people think about him. It's about the people that matters most, the people that actually do love him. And his self-worth and began to grow, and his self-esteem and his, his security became stronger, not based on what people think, but people that loved him. Powerful, powerful story with lots of emotions in it. I encourage you, if you haven't seen it, this afternoon is going to be a wet, rainy afternoon. It'll be a great Sunday afternoon movie if you haven't seen it. So number four, moving on. Stop and think before reacting. Stop and think before you react. Put your mind in gear before your mouth is in motion. Put your mind in gear before you speak. Oftentimes, when we're angry, our mouth is moving way ahead of our head. Right? The Bible says in Proverbs 16.23, the hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent. A wise person, in other words, he thinks before he speaks. He chooses his words carefully. Angry words, because it can come so easily. Thinking is a key to anger management. You need to learn to delay your response. Thomas Jefferson once said, if you're angry, count to ten. If you're really, really, really angry, count to 100. Don't just blow up. Think before you react. I love watching Seinfeld. How many of you are Seinfeld fans in here? We got some Seinfeld? All right, there we go. Um, we're a dying breed, by the way, you know, um, but Seinfeld right there. And you got George Constanza. Man, George Constanza, if you know, if you watch the show, he's a regular hothead, all right? And, 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 and as the story unfolds at the, at Seinfeld, you understand why. Because his mom and dad were hothead too. I mean, there's kind of a big, bigger, deep, deep root here to the whole George Constanza persona. Mom and dad were hotheads. And, and there was this one episode where the doctor told George Constanza's dad, Frank, his name is Frank, and he said, hey, man, your blood pressure is really high. You're angry all the time. And he said, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got something for you to say. Every time you start thinking about getting mad and blowing it up, you just say, serenity now. 
How many of you know what I'm talking about? Serenity now, all right? Serenity now. Think. Think before you react. Serenity now. All right, if you watch the episode, it didn't really quite work so well for them, but um, it could work. Count. Think before you react. Think. Ask yourself, why am I angry? When you're thinking, so why am I angry? What's the root cause of it? Is it pain? Is it frustration? Insecurity? Is it something else? Why am I angry? And then ask yourself, what do I want out of this encounter? You see, you really don't want revenge. Because revenge rarely gets what you want. You really don't want that. You might think you do, but it never accomplishes what you want to accomplish. In fact, it takes you further away from what you really want. So ask yourself, what do I really want out of this situation? What is the end goal? And then ask the question, how, how can I best get the outcome I want? You really get what you want by being sarcastic, cutting other people down, yelling, or being silent. So you ask yourself, how can I best Get the outcome that I want. What is the best way to get there? You might think you can't help blowing up, but you can. The anger is a choice. You get angry because you want to get angry. Sometimes it feels good to get angry. But you need to learn how to respond correctly. Since we have a choice, choose to wait before reacting think before you react. Number five, real quickly, learn to relax. Learn to relax. Take the chill pill. Take the chill pill. <laughs> you know, just relax. Sometimes we, sometimes the situation that's really happening, it's not really that big. We make it sometimes in our head bigger than what it really is. Bible says in Proverbs 14 verse 30, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Peaceful. Not angry heart. Peaceful heart. See, temper and tension always go together. Deadlines after deadlines brings out the worst in us. That makes us more irritable. Some of you are ruined so tightly that anything will just tick you off. It's week after week of week of tension building up. And you're about to blow up at any moment. I suggest you learn to relax. Just a couple of quick ideas. Be aware when tension is building up in your life. Be aware of it. If you can notice tension building, you can relieve that tension in a healthy way. When you get it up tight, when the blood pressure keeps going up, be aware of it. Learn some relaxation techniques. Everybody's different. So what works for you? Maybe for you, it's, you know what, I need to go to the gym. I need to get away, and I need to go to the gym. Uh, maybe for some of you, it's, I'm going to go to a quiet place in the house and read a book. Um, others might be shopping. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but, you know, that <laughs> I'm going to go shopping, shopping with my anger, come back home with all these clothes that you weren't uh, intending to buy in the first place, but you feel better about yourself, right? You know, I'm talking about some healthy relaxation technique, what that is. Then develop a sense of humor. You need to learn to laugh. I, I heard a saying a long time ago when I was in college. 
some of you heard this before too. Take God very seriously, but don't take yourself very seriously. Take God very seriously, but don't take yourself very seriously. But the reality is that so many of us, we take ourselves very seriously and we don't take God seriously. So learn to relax. Number six, my final point, continually, to continually ask God to put out sinful fire. Continually, on a regular basis. For some of us, this is the thing that we have to do every day. This is something that you need to ask God for help. This is a matter of prayer. Say, God, help me today to keep my cool. God, help me today to think before I react. God, help me today to put myself worth in you and not what other people say about me. God, help me today. Help me. You see, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, we know this passage of Scripture. This is otherwise known as the fruit of the Spirit. Verse number 22, and the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. He's talking to Christians, by the way. If you're a child of God, if you have Christ living inside of you, they are, they are on a mission to grow all of these fruits, all of them. Not part of them, not one or two of them, all nine fruits. That, uh, the Holy Spirit is working in your heart 24-7 to grow these fruits. And the Bible says, that here's the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit's working in our lives with these things. God wants to grow love. Joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, self-control. And so with God, I can't control my anger. With the help of God, you can. With God's help, you can. You see, when we try to live on our own without the help of God, yes, anger can become a problem. But when we start to seek God for help and say, God, I need your help in this. I need you to help me put out the angry fires in my life. And I believe that you will. You see, when the world puts pressure on you and you feel squeezed like a toothpaste, what's inside of you is going to come out? And my question is, what's inside of you? You see, if you're filled with the fruits of the Spirit and the world squeezed, the fruits of the Spirit can come out. But if you're not dwelling in the things of God, if you're not focused on His Word, if you're trying to live your Christianity on your own without the help of God, then when you get squeezed, it's not the stuff that God wants that will come out. Focus, and that's why we talk about all the time, you know, what is your quiet time like? Are you spending time in God's Word? Are you praying on a regular basis? It's so essential to your Christian life. If you're hoping to come to church on Sunday morning to get your spiritual, spiritual muscle juice, and that's it, you're not going to make it very long. We're, we're, we can help, but I'm only one hour. 
you have to do the rest. You have to be intentional about spending time in the Word of God. Pray and ask God to put it out. Proverbs 17, verse 14. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before the dispute breaks out. Drop it. Drop it. Bible says here, powerful words, drop it. Let it drop. Choose not to get angry over things that don't really matter. You know what? They're running late. Drop it. Well, you know, Scott, work is always getting under my skin. Drop it. But Scott, somebody didn't load up the dishwasher correctly. They took the cup and, and instead of face down, they made it face up and drove me crazy. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Man, the toilet paper is in the wrong way. Drop it. Drop it. Drop the things that don't really matter. Quit letting these things get underneath your skin. How are we growing to this? The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 19, everyone should be quick to listen. We need to do more of that. We need to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires in your life. Got an anger problem. Let God deal with it. No excuses. He wants to make it more, he wants to make you more like him. Ask God to put it out. So if you got sinful anger, anger that's hurting other people, hurting your relationships, hurting you, you've got to put it out. You've got to put it out. If there's sinful anger, pour the water of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, pour the water on it and let that anger fizzle out. On the other hand, ask God to give you righteous anger. Ask God for righteous anger. Become angry at the thing that angered the heart of God. Maybe you need to fan the flame, pour a little gasoline on the fire, but let God ignite you in order to make an even bigger difference for his kingdom. Because in all reality, our fires can be either good or bad. You have a choice. And I pray here that we won't be overwhelmed with anger, with the wrong kind of anger, but that we will be overwhelmed with the right kind of anger, the things that make things happen for the glory of God. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you today. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you that there's hope for those who might be a powder keg or a crap pot. There's hope. And God, I pray that we will do things that we need to do, but most of all, we will spend time in your word.